Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Mansur Gidfar. Mansur is communications director for Represent.us, and Represent.us is a fiercely nonpartisan movement, and what they do is they work to pass tough anti-corruption laws in cities and states throughout our nation and end the legalized corruption that has come to define, unfortunately, our martyred political system today. Mansur Gidfar, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us, Mansur. Welcome. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Um, let's uh, talk uh, about, um, uh, first of all, the campaign for Gil Fulbright. This is a satirical presidential candidate for people not familiar with Gil. Uh, tell us a bit about this satire. Yeah, so Gil Fulbright is a satirical presidential candidate. His shtick is he's the honest politician, uh, and his slogan is, I will sell you out to special interests and lobbyists, but at least <laughs> I'll do it to your face. Uh, so we've been running a series of honest political ads um, to kind of get the message out about how money is corrupting our political system, and he's also been on the road at actual campaign events as well. So he recently actually beat Jeb Bush in a straw poll at a New Hampshire Republican Liberty Caucus event, and he also actually outraged, uh, excuse me, outfundraised now ex-presidential candidate Lincoln Chafee. Uh, he raised actually three times as much money as Lincoln Chafee did in the last month, which is kind of astonishing. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> that's not astonishing. <laughs> I, I personally maintain, oh, and, I, and I'm not changing it, that Chafee's only in it to try and sell his book, because people before that outside Rhode Island were like, "Who?" I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be mean, you know. And I'm from Massachusetts originally, so I can say that I guess is a neighboring state. Um, and um, you know, an honest politician, a lot of people would say, is an oxymoronic statement. Um, and and you know, like you said, this a satirical presidential candidate, Gil Fulbright, will openly take any position on any issue in exchange for a large political contribution. Let's talk serious, not satire. Unfortunately, it would seem, with the exception of perhaps Bernie Sanders, and some people say maybe not entirely even, with regard to Israel, for example, um, that there are, I mean, that pretty much almost every politician has something or someone that can buy them or some dollar amount. Is that fair to say in 2015? Yeah, I think the problem what we're dealing with is that uh, corruption is effectively legal in this country, and that is there are so many perfectly legal ways to exchange money for political influence in a way that, you know, is completely disgusting to people. I got to say, it's it's funny that you said that. This past weekend, I had to um, I give a speech in Mexico, and a friend of mine who works for the State Department will be remain uh, remain unnamed in department within the State Department, not mentioned. But anyway, she said that lobbying, for example, is legalized bribery. Is could, could we say, in a sense, that what's happening with our politicians, you know, with these lobbying efforts? Would you agree with that statement? 
Absolutely, and I think it's important to distinguish, you know, the actual act of lobbying itself, the act of talking to a politician and trying to convince them of something is not the problem. The problem is right now people are using money, whether it's in the form of campaign checks or fundraisers or a million-dollar contribution to a super PAC to do the convincing. And, you know, they can doll it up all they want, but it's still corruption in our view. Um, and that's why we are getting organized to pass these laws at the state and local level to make this behavior illegal and start getting some accountability out of our politicians and start building momentum for national reform. When you see somebody like Bernie Sanders doing as well as he's doing, even though he's double digits behind Hillary except in, uh, in New Hampshire, uh, but when we look at polls on a national level, are you surprised at how fast um, this is gone? Uh, or, or do you think it's uh, long overdue and, and Bernie and his supporters are echoing the sentiments of many Americans and that it's you know overdue in about time? Um, I think it's very much a product of the moment and how fed up people are with the way things currently are. You know, I think someone like Bernie Sanders has a message that's really resonating, which is that I am funded entirely by small donors, so I can't be bought, and I am disavowing my super PACs. And what's interesting is that this is actually a sentiment that you see in the grassroots on both sides of the aisle. You know, if you look at the Republican side, one of I uh, can't believe I'm saying this. Donald Trump's biggest applause lines is has been for the longest time, I am self-funding, you know, I am not in the pocket of special interests like everyone else. Um, and he's actually also recently taken a leaf out of Bernie's playbook and has been actively disavowing super PACs, you know, uh, buying ads on his behalf and has, you know, urged them to give their money back to their donors and has sort of been sending out cease and desist letters in the same way that Bernie Sanders has. So this is something that is a huge concern for both conservatives and progressives alike, and that's why actually a lot of our membership is both conservative and progressive, and it's one of the areas where at the grassroots you see that people are ready to work together to actually start to fix this problem. Do you think that, or what's your response to people that say, and are a bit skeptical, okay, Bernie, you're not taking money from big corporations, but big corporations' CEOs can write checks and give you money through your website, and certainly he's the only one that gave a website asking for cash at the first Democratic debate. Um, I think, and I would say this for any candidate, uh, if you really want to know where they stand, look at the size of their average contribution and, you know, look at what percentage of their money they're raising from small donors. So going down the list, actually, the candidate who has raised the most money from small donors is actually Bernie Sanders. As of the last FEC filings, I believe it was 88% of, I think it's almost the $40 million he's raised so far, came in the form of donations of $200 or less. Uh, the next person on that list, and I think this might surprise some people, is actually Ben Carson, with 74% of his campaign funded by small donors. And then you contrast that with someone like Hillary Clinton, who's been having a tough time getting the progressive wing on the party on board, and you know you see that only 20% of her campaign contributions have come in the form of these small-dollar contributions of less than $200, even though she's raised twice as much money as Bernie. Um, so I would say no matter who you're planning on voting for, when you go to the polls, ask yourself, where is my candidate getting their money from, and what would their donors expect in return? And then I would ask yourself, do I want to live in a country where I have to ask that question at all, and then maybe consider volunteering for your friendly neighborhood anti-corruption nonprofit, <laughs> so we can start changing that. 
Gil Fulbright, that's where he comes in, the satirical presidential candidate, who, by the way, beat Jeb Bush in a straw poll, which really makes me laugh. Um, but uh, and it, that's when it's like, there is a God. Um, uh, we're going to talk more about Gil. We're going to talk more about not just the fake candidate and beating Jeb Bush, but um, you know why this is done in right now, how it's very relevant, because this is the most expensive presidential election in the history of our nation. And it would seem it's not going to change going forward anytime soon. We'll be back with our guests. Don't go away. We were talking about the campaign for Gil Fulbright. Gil's a satirical presidential candidate, but let Gil tell you more about him. Hi, I'm Gil Fulbright. And the people who bankroll my political career tell me I'm running for president. So here I am. Real hardworking Americans are important to me is a tagline I will be using throughout this entire campaign. I may not be qualified to be president, but a dramatic camera angle can make me look like a president. A president with the conviction to nod, the courage to point, and the experience to cram buzzwords into everything I jobs. Ideas, policies, morals. These are things I don't need. What I need is $2 billion. Here's the part where I gloss over important issues. Issues like education and making it uh, good. The economy and improving it by repeating the word jobs. And blah, 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 something to get votes from women and minorities. I have a five-step plan for making America better. Appeal to special interest billionaires and lobbyists behind closed doors. Raise $2 billion. Promise you earnestly that it'll be different this time. Get elected, break all my promises to you, and work tirelessly for the big donors who bought my presidency. Anytime I can pull a favor for special interest, it always gives me a huge donor. And at this point in my political career, anytime I can get a donor to last longer than four years, well. Every four years, Americans are faced with a critical choice. Clinton or Bush or someone else. Well, I'm Gil Fulbright, and with a big enough donor, I can be that someone else. I'm Honest Gil Fulbright, and I approve of whatever my marketing team has put into this message. Oh, the Chesapeake Bay. Huh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a great landfill. Oh, God, that is so funny. That is so funny. I want another one. I want more uh, ads. Those are very funny. Unfortunately, uh, our guest is Mansur Gidfar, and that's not unfortunate, communication director for Represent.us. Uh, and, of course, their website, Represent.us, and Mansur can be uh, tw- uh, followed, followed on Twitter, at Mansur, M-A-N-S-U-R-G-I-D-F-A-R, and at Represent. as in D-O-T-U-S, on Twitter to um, follow Represent.us. Uh, uh, Mansur, that is so funny. But, unfortunately, that's what a lot of politicians do, regardless of their party, don't they? I mean, i got to be honest with you. I mean, I used to uh, be a uh, with a live audience, a guest on the Dennis Miller Show on CNBC years ago, and I was on something called part a part of something called the Varsity Panel. For full disclosure, I was paid when I was on that panel, and um, I, I I sat there and w- at the time we you know had George Bush as president, remember him George W, and we were in a country called Iraq, that sovereign nation which we invaded. And whenever I would talk about Iraq and I would talk about the troops, I'd elevate my troop voice and say, and we you know in our military, our troops. And I always got a round of applause regardless of what the heck I was saying. 
and 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 I and, and I see politicians do you know this as well, and it's a huge part of know your audience, right? I, I mean, you're not going to stand before you know a group of pro-Israeli Jews and you know talk about how how great the Palestinians are. Um, so the it's very funny, but the sad thing is. Money aside, even though money's the big thing we're talking about here, and, 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 uh, and obviously corruption agreed, um, but even that aside, the messages are eerily similar to what we've been hearing for decades and do hear now, and we'll hear in the debate tonight. Well, yeah, and I think that's what we're really trying to demonstrate with this campaign is sort of linking these tropes and these platitudes that people really just can't stand about the political process and sort of explain how they're affected by the money and by the corruption. Because, you know, I would argue that a lot of these sort of things that really drive people crazy about politics, the empty promises, the going back on your word, um, is because politicians are not beholden to their constituents. They are beholden to the people who pay to put them in office. Um, and they have to make up that gap with lots of nice, empty-sounding rhetoric and focus group-approved marketing campaigns that they're paying for with the money they're getting from the donors that they have to keep happy to get elected, and so it goes. Um, and, you know, one of the other important things we're trying to do with this campaign is sort of highlight that connection and then also uh, help get new people interested in the campaign to fix it and really, you know, pivot to the many, many solutions that are out there to start, you know, making this insanity a little better. <laughs> what has been the response? Well, well first of all, let's uh, – I just have so many things to ask you about this. Um, uh, and I just uh, – well, well, first of all, whose, whose idea was it? I, I mean, serious, was, it, was this sort of like brainstorming um, with all of you folks that represent Dot Us? Because I know that your goal in using humor – um, and satire to make sure that the corruption in our nation and the, this crisis of corruption stays in the national spotlight and stays not just for today, but the entire 2016 campaign. Um, so first of all, who came up with the idea for Gil Fulbright and also the name? Uh, so uh, the Represent Us team was doing a bunch of brainstorming about, you know, how do we really make a splash around the election. And actually, we first ran Gil for office in 2014 in the midterms and then decided to run him for 2016. And we came up with the idea after we saw a study uh, that showed that satire that viewers of Stephen Colbert's programs about his fake satirical super PACs were actually – better educated on how super PACs work than people who learned about them from the cable news. And that was sort of a light bulb moment for us where we said, okay, we can actually have some fun with this and, you know, create really entertaining pieces of content that are still, you know, educating folks about this problem and getting people involved. Uh, as far as the Gil Fulbright name goes, um, uh, one of the comedians is a good friend of ours who helps us uh, write the scripts, uh, just was trying to come up with the most generic politician names possible, and this is the one that we liked. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, you know, I, I would love to be in on some of these uh, meetings. Um, first of all, let's talk about a, this fake candidate. We've heard of people even dead winning elections, right? But this fake <laughs> candidate uh, just beat Jeb Bush in a straw poll. Uh, talk to us about the, the numbers. Talk about how this happens. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the things I was mentioning earlier is that, you know, we're a strictly nonpartisan organization, so we have fans on both sides of the aisle. So the organizers of the Republican Liberty Caucus National Convention actually saw 
Gil's video and thought he was hilarious, and they called us up and said, hey, we love this guy. Would he like to come speak at our national convention in Nashville, New Hampshire? And he said, well, absolutely. So Gil actually gave a very funny fake stump speech to a very rowdy room full of activists. He went on uh, after Rand Paul and Ted Cruz, so he was sharing the same stage as them. Um, And, you know, sure enough, in their annual straw poll, he finished ahead of Jeb Bush, Lindsey Graham, and uh, I think five total candidates. So, you know, there is a real, real dissatisfaction with any candidates who are, you know, perceived to be, you know, too close to this sort of incestuous web of special interests in Washington. Um, And I think that's why Gill's message is resonating so well with, you know, people on of every political affiliation. And not just Jeb Bush, but uh, Lindsey uh, Graham as well. My executive producer, Marky Mark Grimaldi, this is his number one issue, this and climate change. And um, he, he had a question and, uh, you know, wanted me to pose it to you. And I had one similar, so we might as well, you know, put it out there and now. What is the best way to fight back against money in politics. I mean, represent you guys at represent.us have had some success on the local level in certain states. So can you tell us about that? And, you know, tell us how folks can become involved, because some people might think that, you know, giving money to Bernie Sanders or voting for a candidate like Bernie Sanders is the only way. But the presidential election is not the only election. He's not the only candidate. And obviously, that's not the only manner to uh, combat this crisis. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think one of the most important things is to avoid falling into, you know, this sort of trap of cynicism and understanding that, you know, one of the single greatest myths out there about this issue of uh, money corrupting our political system is that it is impossible to fix this problem unless we do something huge. You know, oh, we have to amend the Constitution, overturn Citizens United, and that's never going to happen, and, you know, it's impossible otherwise, so why even bother? In reality, there are tons of incredibly tough new laws that we could pass today that would actually really help resolve a lot of this problem, everything from you know, overhauling our nation's lobbying laws to passing new transparency laws to shifting towards citizen-funded elections. Um, Now, the question is, you know, how on earth do you make that happen at a national level, especially with Congress as gridlocked and dysfunctional as it is? And that's where we believe our local strategy comes in. So what we're doing is focusing on passing these anti-corruption laws at the state and local level in order to build momentum for national reform. You know, if you look at where progress is happening Um, in this country on any issue. Uh, I personally like to look at the examples of, you know, marijuana legalization or marriage equality. You know, these are issues that were going nowhere fast in Washington. So they sort of took a look at where they could achieve smart, tangible victories at the state and local level, oftentimes using the ballot initiative process, which is what we do. So you're just putting these new laws directly on the ballot so people can vote on them directly. Um, And by passing these laws and changing, you know, the political culture of this country, city by city, state by state, they were able to build momentum and are now making real gains nationwide. And we're doing the exact same thing with money and politics. You know, we've already passed our first anti-corruption act in the city of Tallahassee, Florida, coming out of the midterm elections last year. Uh, We're going to be heading to 
two states in 2016, and we're going to be announcing those targets very soon. And there's actually a lot of stuff happening, you know, even in this off-year election, 2015. Um, you know, there's a great initiative on the ballot in Maine, a statewide initiative that would, you know, help pass some new conflict of interest laws, some new transparency laws, you know, help uh, update their public funding system. There's a great citywide initiative on the ballot in Seattle. Um, our members in Roanoke, Virginia, are pushing for an anti-corruption resolution. Uh, our members in San Francisco are working with local groups there for a new lobbying reform bill. So there's tons of reform happening all over the country. So if you're looking for a way to get involved, I would say start locally because, you know, the truth is a lot of the laws that are actually getting passed right now, most of the governing that's happening in this country is not coming out of Washington. It's happening in state legislatures. It's happening in city councils. It's happening in school boards. You know, this is where a lot of the decisions that are making, that are actually affecting people's lives are happening. Um, and in a lot of cases, the political money is running just as rampant, uh, if not even more so, at the state and local level, because in a lot of places there's even fewer basic reforms. So, you know, we really advocate for people to plug into local politics. You know, we have over 40 chapters across the nation. So if you're interested in doing it with our organization, you know, our website is just represent.us. Um, but there are a ton of great groups out there that you can get involved with. I, I want to, um, uh, so that people understand when we talk about how this guy beat two actual candidates in the straw poll, and, and you talked about a stump speech that he gave at the Libertarian Republican Liberty Caucus's National Convention, which was in Nashua, New Hampshire. Did the people there know that he was a satirical uh, candidate? Uh, they did, yeah. No, they they loved the joke, they loved the message, and they were willing to just drop him right in there. Uh, they actually let him officially enter the poll as a candidate, even though he is not a real person. Okay, so tell um, me this. When yeah. you look at a racking up of one million views in 24 hours, beating two actual candidates, Lindsey Graham and Jeb Bush, in straw polls, raising more money than Chafee, what does this tell you, not just about Gill, but about our political process and the uh, state of the voters' uh, consciousness level right now in 2015, or the, uh, the temperature, the mood? No, it tells me that corruption is one of the most important issues of this election. I think it's going to be a ballot box issue for a lot of voters, and I think that candidates had better get on the right side of this line now while they have the chance, because this is something that is going to start costing people their jobs. You know, no one is going to want to affiliate with a candidate who is, you know, condoning and participating in a openly corrupt system. You know, people are just not going to take it anymore. Um, okay. And last minute here, uh, Mansoor, anything that I didn't cover or didn't ask that you want our listeners to know or, or something that you want them to do, you know, number one, do this. If you can't do anything else, just do this. And you say... Well, if you love Honest Gill, go to honestgill.com. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook. We're going to be putting out a new Gill Fulbright video every month between now and Election Day. So if you liked what you heard uh, and you want a little more a little more humor and a little more Gill in your life, we have got you covered. And I would like that. So we're going to play it here. Marky Mark, can you make sure that we keep getting the new ones? Oh, and, absolutely. And, I'm and sure we, Mansur and I, we, we email, so we'll be good. We'll make sure we get it on there. Uh, you have a little bromance going? Yeah, some oh, yeah. some some anti-corruption bromance. Okay, so we have uh, we have uh, we have we have Marky we have uh, M M and M G. So you guys can just be M and M, the M and M bromance. I'll, I'll take whatever like at this point. Okay, Mansur, <laughs> Mansur, yeah, go ahead. So go, go ahead, sweetie. Sorry. Oh no, I was saying that's a catchy that's a catchy slogan. I'm into that.
Okay, maybe you guys could be the uh, the uh, satirical candidates next year. Uh, Mansur Gidfar, uh, always a pleasure. You were on last year. I'm sure we'll have you on again, especially because, you know, you and Marky Mark have this bromance thing going. Communications Director for Represent.us. Once again, go to the website in all seriousness, and you want to find out more about not just the satirical candidate, but more about what you can do to stop legalized corruption, which is really what's happened and become uh, the landscape for American politics today. Go to the website, represent.us. Follow one, uh, once again Mansur on Twitter, at Mansur Gidfar, M-A-N-S-U-R-G-I-D-F-A-R, and follow represent.us at represent.dotus. To women who hoped to evade the ticking clock of time, Dr. Frederick Brandt was the most potent drug dealer in the world. And the dealer got high on his own supply. From Imperative Entertainment and the team behind Broken Hearts comes a new series that will challenge everything you know about fame, fortune, and the fear of growing old. I'm Justine Harmon, and this is The Baron of Botox. Botox. 